We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me on Twitter at LJ Hybe. This week's guest is Wayne Baker. Dr. Wayne Baker is the author of All You Have to Do is Ask, How to Master the Most Important Skill for Success. He is the Robert P. Tomei Professor of Business Administration at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, as well as Faculty Director of the Center for Positive Organizations. Wayne is a co-founder and board member of Give and Take Incorporated, which develops technologies based on the principles of his new book. Wayne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Laurie. Nice to be here. I am excited for this conversation. Sounds like you've got lots of value to add to to the, the our listeners here. I'm excited too. <laughs> so I'm going to start. Um, let's reference your your book a little bit. Why is asking for what you need such an important skill for success? We found that people tend to be very generous at work and in their lives. Um, and they're very well regarded for that. I mean, most people want to be helpful and will help when they can, but they don't ask for what they need. And because they don't ask, they don't get the inflow of all the resources you need to be successful. It could be knowledge, information, referrals, ideas, contacts, you know, any kind of resource that you need to be productive and to uh, do well at work. You know, you need input from other people. Um, in fact, we have a, a name for it. We call it the overly generous giver. Now, I think being generous is really important and you want to freely help people, but people can't read their mi- your mind. They don't know how to help you until you ask. So that's why it's so important. So why is it so difficult for people to ask for what they need? Oh, there's a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that people are concerned or they're, they're worried that uh, they'll appear to be incompetent, a weak, that they can't do their jobs. I mean, that's a very, very common belief. Um, but there's new research that's come out that says we should update that belief. And what the researchers found, that it was a team from Wharton and Harvard, they found that as long as you make a thoughtful request, an intelligent request, people will think you are more competent, not less. So that's one. I think the research can be liberating. And so we need to update that belief. As long as you make a thoughtful request, people will think you are more competent. Uh, another very common obstacle is that people figure no one can help. Uh, Many, many times I've run different uh, events and activities using the tools in my book, and people will take me aside and say, you know, I'm not going to ask for what I really need because I know no one can help me. And I always tell them the same thing, which is you never know what people know or who they know until you ask. Mm -hmm. And again, here, the research is pretty clear. There's a number of really interesting experiments that have been done out in the field, so out in the real world, where they found that even strangers are very willing to help you. Help you. All, all you have to do is ask. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. There's a lot of truth to that, I imagine. Um, well, we've seen that even, like there's TV shows that they're, you know, people are rewarded just for their their pure kindness and the actions that they're doing to, to help someone out. Um, without any expecting any return. 
Um, so what can people and teams do to build social capital? Well, the most important thing is to give yourself permission to ask and to realize that asking is an essential part of the equation. So if everyone wanted to be a giver and everyone wanted to help, nothing would happen. So what we found that in the workplace is that most people are willing to help. It varies a little bit, but most people are willing to help. People help in response to a request for help. In fact, the studies there show up to 90% of the help that is given in the workplace is in response to a request. But most people don't ask, so therefore nothing really happens. So first thing is to give yourself permission to ask and realize that that's an important part of the process. You wanna be a giver and you wanna be a requester. And then from there, you need to figure out what is it that you need. Uh, another barrier I found is that people will say, you know, I'm not really sure what to ask for, or I've always wanted to be in a, in a room of people who are very well-educated and well-connected and knowledgeable, and I'm not sure what to ask for. So there's a number of different methods that people can use. I can very briefly give you one. I call it the quick start method, and it's five sentences that you need to complete. And I will, I'll just read two of them to you to, to get sure. a sense. Yeah. Uh, so here's one. So, and again, so there's some blanks in these sentences. So I'm currently working on, and I could use help too. So if you fill in those two blanks, you get a sense of what you're trying to accomplish and the resource that you need. Uh, another one would be one of the biggest challenges in my life is to, and I need advice on. So those are two examples. Those simple questions, if you answer those, you will get down the road to figure out what it is you need to ask for. And then from there, uh, there are criteria about what we call a well-formulated request. And we can go into that if you would like. Sure. I, I, I like this, this conversation. It kind of it really ties in closely to the overall um, topic. I like your questions. I think those are great. But yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit further. Yeah, so there, there are five criteria. Um, I call them SMART criteria, but it's not SMART in the usual meaning of those five letters. Mm -hmm. uh, so the S is specific. So you want to ask for something specific. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to make a very general ask, figuring I'll get more help. It's the opposite. A very, very specific request triggers people's memories of what they know and who they know. So that's why it's important to be specific. The M is for meaningful. You need to explain why it's important, uh, why you're making the request, and the why really motivates people. Uh, and then the A is action or action-oriented. So sometimes people will state a goal and not a request. Uh, so a goal is a destination, and a request is something that leads you in that direction to attain that, that particular goal. And then R is for real, realistic, strategically sound, you know, you want to, I encourage people to ask for big things, but if, you know, if you're, if your request is to colonize uh, the moon next year, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> and then finally, the T is for time or time bound. You need a deadline. And I always say, you know, it's important. If you need it tomorrow, you should say so. If you need it next week, vague deadlines uh, don't motivate people to help. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like the spin on the, the smart goal. Um, the biggest difference are the meaningful and the to action, I think those are really powerful. Specific, meaningful, action, realistic, and timely. Smart criteria. Thank you for sharing that. Oh yes, I found that to be really, really helpful. And uh, you know, it's funny. I have a, I have a son who's eighteen, and I find if I use smart criteria when I ask him to do something, especially the M, the meaningful part, he's a lot more likely to do it. Um, he, 
I don't use the method with him that my father used with me, which is you'll do this because I told you so, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and that, that gets, that gets compliance, but it doesn't get engagement. Mm-hmm. You're doing it because you have to engagement is you're doing it because you want to. And that's sure. why the meaningful part is so, so important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like this approach that you have. So Wayne, um, diving a little bit further into networking here, and I like the advice that you've shared already, uh, but can you share with our listeners your most successful or favorite networking experience that you've had? Oh, I've had so much help from from so many people. I'm thinking about that question. Uh, well, I think the one I would have to relate uh, goes back a number of years um, when my wife and I were coming up on our 10th wedding anniversary. And um, when we were married, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money. And so she never got um, a wedding ring. And I made a pledge that on our 10th wedding, I was going to uh, to give her a ring. Um, well, you know, number 10 is kind of a big one. And uh, that summer, um, uh, previous to our uh, our anniversary, I said to her, you know, what would you like to do? You know, number 10 is really a big one. What would be special? And without missing a beat, she said, I want to be an Emerald Live in New York City to celebrate our anniversary. Um, Emerald Live was um, a celebrity. It's not on anymore, but sure. back then it was, yeah, the celebrity yeah. chef, the band yep, guy. Yep. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> So we, we just love that show. Well, it's almost, it's like impossible to get on that show to be a guest. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I said, boy, I'm going to have to make a big ask, but how, where, when? Well, I had an opportunity. I was uh, participating in the orientation program for or all of our incoming uh, MBA students here at the Ross School of Business. And so, in fact, I had them doing uh, some of the activities that I had later wrote about in the book. And... Um, I said, you know, I'm going to take my own medicine and I'm going to make a big request. And I used the SMART criteria. And Lori, it was amazing. Like five people came forward and said, well, one person said, um, you know, I know someone who's dating Emerald's daughter and I can make an introduction for you. And that that's true, but they broke up, so it didn't work out. Sure. But the one that did work out was that there was a student and his wife were good friends with Emerald's segment producer on Good Morning America. So he would occasionally do a Friday morning show uh, on Good Morning America. And um, it was all set up by email. We were connected. We got invited to go to New York. Uh, It was the week of our anniversary. Um, We were in New York and we were on the, kind of in the informal audience to watch uh, the the filming of of Good Morning America. And we met Emerald, he's a really, really nice guy. Um, and those, I said, well, that's it, right? That was great. We weren't on Emerald Live, but we were about as close as you can imagine. <laughs> At the very end, we get two tickets to go across town and to be as guests on the filming of Emerald Live. Right? That's and then, awesome. Yeah, and it was really, it was amazing. And it even gets a little bit better, which is, it turns out that they were filming Valentine's Day, which we didn't know. Oh, perfect. And Emerald allowed me to present the ring to my wife um, on the air. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> that is a fantastic story. And I love that you are basically, you followed what it is that you're preaching right now. And I don't know if that's kind of what spun into the book or, or you know, which came first. But at the end of the day, you just asked the people that were in front of you. And it sounds like the MBA orientation. You probably didn't even know most of these people, right? I did it. They were all brand new. And you know, that student 
uh, never took a class from me. (laughs) Never took a class. And actually, you know, it was a number of years ago. I actually don't even remember his name. I'm sorry to say. So I feel what I can do is I could keep paying it forward. Absolutely. Tell the story that really illustrates the principles that you never know what's possible until you ask. Absolutely. I love that. That is a fantastic story, Wayne. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, it was a wonderful experience. (laughs) So um, as you've continued to build and grow your network and community, can you share how you stay in front of or best nurture these relationships? Well, there's a couple of things that are important to do. One is to stay in contact, but stay in contact with a meaningful way. You know, not like, hi, how you doing, you know, or wishing you happy holidays, which is uh-huh. fine to do. Um, but I, I look for opportunities to share something of value. So I might read something online and say, oh, no, who would, who would benefit from this article? Or I might be preparing something for my class and come across a new reading. And I think about who I can share it with. And now with all the digital technologies, it makes it really, really easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just, it's like a little investment, um, but I don't, I guess that I don't even think about it that way. Like somehow it's going to come back to me. I just think it's part of the importance of if you're building a network is that you want to be an investor. You want to help other people. You want to be generous. And as you said earlier, it's not about keeping track of who helps you. It's just helping everyone that you can and looking for ways to help people. And then kind of as a byproduct, when you need help, the network will be there to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I like how you positioned it as being an investor in your network and investing, you're investing your time, which is a little investment, but can pay out huge dividends in the end. Mm-hmm. What advice would you offer the business professional who is looking to grow their network? I would say there are three parts. It would be join, give, and ask. So it would be to join a meaningful group. You could join a LinkedIn group or there's so many online communities or your local incubator or a the business roundtable or any other group that, that is meaningful to you. So it's not joining something just to join, but you believe in the mission and the vision of that particular group um, and get involved and attend events. And you, know, you just naturally meet people. And then um, to look for opportunities to give, you know, if you almost every conversation, you can listen with that intention in mind, you know, what is it, you know, what's this person saying? What are they doing? You know, maybe there's something I could be helpful with. And then of course, whenever you need help uh, to ask for it, whenever you need a resource to get your work done, uh, to solve a problem, uh, to ask for what you need. So it's those three things to join, uh, to give and to ask. I love it. I love how you broke it down to three simple words. And it's they're all very important and powerful words. And joining and getting involved, looking for those opportunities um, to get involved, but also looking for the opportunities to give and to be a resource to others. Um, and when the time comes that you need some support, don't be afraid to ask for it. That's great. That's right. Now, Wayne, um, today's day and age, digital is a big part of building relationships, but obviously traditional has been, you know, the way that business has been ran for for years upon years upon years. Um, Between the two, digital networking and traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? You know, that's really, that's really an interesting question. It's kind of hard to answer because I think they each have their place. 
You know, the traditional networking, I think about, uh, you know, that occurs in the daily course of our lives where we interact with and meet people. And in those encounters, we can look for ways to help um, and also ask when we have a need or a goal we're trying to achieve. And then the, the digital networking, well, it's a small world now. It really expands our, our whole universe that it's so easy, like through, like I really love LinkedIn um, and I find that a very useful way. So when I, when I, you know, write a new article or I have a new, oh, we, uh, I just give you a very quick example. We created a, a new infographic around the themes in my book. And so, uh, tomorrow my plan is that I'm going to, um, offer that as a, as a free download, uh, to people who are in my LinkedIn network. Now I can meet many, many, many more people that way. And I can provide it to many more people by doing it through LinkedIn than I could, you know, in the course of, you know, my, my daily interactions. So sure. I think, I think they both have their place. And I, I kind of look for, I guess more as time goes on, I look for more opportunities to use digital technologies, a way of investing in your network and then asking when you need something. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I love that. I love really ma um, mastering the digital side of things. And I think it's great that you are taking the content you've already created, going, going a little bit more on the marketing side of things here, um, your book, you're repurposing that and creating an infographic, and then you're offering it as a value add um, piece to your network, um, leveraging digital, which is fantastic. I think that there's, there's that's that's the right way to do it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and it was it was really fun creating the infographic. I had a wonderful um, graphic artist named Will Irwin, who uh, out in California, we did we did I know him personally, but we did it all by email and really did a marvelous job. And I said, you know, I want I want something that will be valuable, of and in itself, like you don't have to read book the book if you don't want to. It's mm -hmm. like this will be useful, um, and. Um, that was empowering to do it that way. So I'm looking forward to people taking it, downloading it, sharing it, um, and taking it from there. Yeah, well, I'm interested in checking it out as well, <laughs> based on the conversation we've had already. Okay, Wayne, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Now, who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with, and do you think you could do it within the six degree? Oh, that's a great question. So... Uh, this might be a, a kind of a, a standard one, but I've always wanted to meet Bill Gates. And there are two people that I'm connected with on LinkedIn. I know, know him. So that I guess would be two degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. And there's even another person I was thinking, there's another person um, who sold a business, his business to Warren Buffett. And of course, we know that Warren Buffett and Bill Gates are very close friends. So I mm -hmm. guess that would be another degree of separation. So at least I, at least I could connect the dots uh, within six degrees of separation. So what's stopping you from giving it a shot? You know, Laurie, I was just thinking that myself. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I need to take my own medicine, don't I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Go for the ask, right? <laughs> All right. All right. You've, then, heard, you've heard it on air. I'm going to do it. And yeah, absolutely. Report back to us. Let us know how it works out. I will do that. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So someone who is in the field of education and you're creating fantastic content of your own, I imagine that you do a lot of 
self-education, such as reading or listening to podcasts or whatever it may be. Um, so can you share with our listeners what book you're reading right now or maybe a podcast you're listening to? Well, there are um, two books, if I could uh, share. Sure, go for it. Uh, so one is that I am rereading uh, Give and Take uh, by Adam Grant. Um, Adam uh, was one of our PhD students from about 10, 12 years ago, and he is just an incredible person who has done wondrous things out there in the world. I've learned a lot from him, and um, he's even joined us in our company, Give and Take, Inc., and so I've uh, been reading, rereading that because I read it when it first came out, and I found it helpful to reread it. Cool. And then the other side is that if I have a vice, it's science fiction. <laughs> so uh, I'm currently reading The Lost Colony by A.G. Riddle. It's the third in a, in a series. And so it's, um, yep, I don't read murder mysteries. I read science fiction. Interesting. I like murder mysteries. I like science fiction, but those get so little amount of my reading time because I'm always reading these really big, you know, self-help businessy books. <laughs> I'm glad you're reading both worlds. Um, but the give and take sounds really interesting. We'd have to look that one up. Yeah, it's really uh, pretty exciting. So the, oh, about 20 years ago, Cheryl Baker and I created the reciprocity ring. Um, it's, uh, oh, now it's like over 150,000 people around the world have done it. It's been done in, um, 12 different languages, all these different cultures and countries. And essentially it's a, it's a team activity, uh, based on the principles of, uh, giving, asking and receiving help. Um, and everyone who participates agrees to make a request and because everyone's going to make a request, it's like everyone's in the same boat. So it feels safer and easier to do, but they find they spend most of their time uh, helping other people. In fact, there was a variation of the reciprocity ring I used uh, that led to the request that got us onto Emerald Live. So the example with that. So over the years we've been asked, you know, can you create a digital technology based on the reciprocity because it's a face-to-face -face activity and you have to have people in the same place at the same time. And so, you know, I, I don't know, I've never, I didn't think technology was up to it um, until about 2016. And I said, you know, I think maybe it's time to give that a try. And so uh, that's what the company Give and Take Inc. is all about. We have the technology called Givitas. And it's essentially, if you took the um, reciprocity ring, put it on steroids, um, and made it asynchronous um, and made it all digital, that's what it would be. Very cool. I love that. I'm going to have to look a little bit deeper into your technology and um, dive into this reciprocity ring a little bit because this is the first that I'm hearing about it, which is surprising to me. <laughs> it's one of those tools where, I mean, it's very widely used at um, almost most of the business schools use it. Of course, we use it here at the University of Michigan. And it's one of the few activities where I tell people, I guarantee it'll work. If you follow, follow the steps, there's a very particular recipe for doing it. If you follow that recipe, you're going to get a, res a good result at the end. And amazing things have happened, um, including one story um, where the ring was used at INSEAD in France in the business school. And um, somebody made a request uh, on behalf of her niece in Romania who had this life-threatening um, condition from birth and was able to make a connection to a surgeon in France who could fix or remedy this condition and the little girl is cured and thriving now. 
Wow. That's a cool story. Yeah, it's amazing. I have a, uh, the family sent me a picture and, and some of the paperwork. I have, I have a picture of a little, little girl on my desk right here uh, as a constant reminder of the importance of asking for what you really need. Wow, that, that's great. I love that. All right, Wayne, I'm going to throw the microphone to you and give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you would like to ask me? I would like to know more about the uh, classes that you're teaching. I know you said that you're teaching two and have been asked to teach more. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about um, uh, what's the title of those two classes? Sure. So uh, one of the classes is Principles of Marketing, and that's um, in the School of Business, Lubar School of Business at U University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, so basically every business student has to take this course, um, which is fun because I really get to shine um, the light on what marketing really is. And oftentimes I find the students that are going to school for operations or HR or finance um, are really uh, intrigued and didn't understand what marketing was and how it actually is kind of tied into all aspects of business on some level or another. Um, and the other class that I teach is B2B sales and marketing. So my business is very heavy on the B2B side. Um, and I think that one's really important because the majority of business um, when it, especially, you know, marketing, whatever it may be, uh, in today's day and age is very much on the B2B side. And, and if someone's out there to really make some, some big bucks, um, you know, if you're going to be in sales, you're going to get a lot higher commissions if you're selling from one business to another business, as opposed to selling direct to consumers. So, um, just educating students on what really B2B is and then best practices for building those relationships and nurturing those relationships and how um, communicating a message and marketing is different on the B2B side as opposed to, you know, going direct to consumer, which the majority of your, your students are familiar with because of, you know, TV and radio and podcasts and ads on the internet, which is very heavy on the consumer side of marketing. Have you found the classes helpful for uh, building your network? Absolutely. Um, one of the things that I do, I, as I mentioned, I just wrapped up this this past semester. Um, my last class, I always ask, um, one, what can I do more of, less of, or differently the next time I teach this course? Because I think it's really important for me to continue to grow and be a better educator. Um, but the other thing I do is I ask if anyone is interested in staying in touch with me. And I, I give them the option to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, to sign up for my email newsletter, because I often am asked, you know, if anyone, if I know anyone who would be a good candidate for a certain position or role. So um, I get a lot of students that want to reach out. And sometimes it's just to take a quick look at their resume. And other times um, I've actually had two of my past students uh, work for me full time. Wow. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It is. Thank you. Good questions and fun questions. All right, Wayne, do you have any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think it would be to reinforce those uh, those three concepts of join, give, and ask. Mm -hmm. um, and to that, I would say if uh, to become more active on LinkedIn and to look for ways to, you know, people reach up all the time you know, find interesting things and share it or repost it on your LinkedIn. And, you know, if you do it, if you set up, so you're going to do it maybe once a week or once every two weeks, but you do it on a schedule, 
that is a standard to weight. That's very doable to do that. Um, I mean, over time, you're going to become more and more known as someone who's a really good source of interesting articles, knowledge, ideas, and so forth. And that's a very effective way of building your network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are um, all valuable pieces of advice. I love the join, give, ask uh, mindset. I think that's it's simple and extremely effective um, and definitely an advocate of sharing more information on LinkedIn. All right, Wayne, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, the best way would be through LinkedIn. Okay. Find me there um, or go to the website for the book um, and you can contact me that way. And the website is, uh, it's the title of the book.com. So it's all you have to do is ask.com. And uh, there's several ways there that you can get in touch with me as well. Great. We will include all of this information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us, Wayne. Oh, Lori, this has been great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, lots of fantastic insights. I love the the tidbits and you you really made it super simple um, with the information that you shared. That's great. Thank you, Lori. Mm -hmm. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Wayne for taking the time to connect with us. Want to continue the conversation, networking, and building your community? Join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social capital network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.